Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. City Life. My name is Jerome. If I haven't got a chance to meet you yet, it is great to meet you virtually. I believe that the Spirit of God transcends location. And though we might be disconnected where I can't like feel you, touch you, but you know what? God's Spirit can. God's Spirit is here and He's connecting each one of us. It's powerful. Believe that. Rest in that. Right, right now, for real. That God is here. He's closer than our breath. Is he looking at me? Yeah. He's looking right at me the same way I'm looking right at you. I love you. So great to be here in the room with a few of us and to be launching City Life Homes today. Shout out to the homes that are meeting. We've been City Life at home because virtually we've been connected. And now we have groups of 10 that are meeting in homes as today's series continues Love Your with a message titled Love Your 10. And as we kick this off, I want to just bust a little joke. I mean, let's let's lighten it up. Let's, let's lighten it up. So here's this joke. All right, so the preacher's having this, this, this service, okay? And the, it, it's a charismatic service, so people are going, they're going buck wild. They're, they're doing the Jesus thing. They're rolling down. They're, they're dancing. They're shouting. Uh, this is where kind of the language, they're swinging from the chandeliers would come from. It's that type of service. I mean, it, it, they're getting down. Words are being prophesied. People are shouting, cheering. But then Satan comes in the room, and he just gives a big roar, like, roar. And everybody dips like jets. And you would think, you know, because the word of God says the devil's under our feet. You would think, you know, maybe the preacher would stay. Preacher dips. Satan looks around all excited because feels victorious and sees one person sitting in the front row. And goes up and says, aren't you afraid of me? And this Older woman said, I'm not afraid of you. I've been married to your brother for the last 35 years. <laughs> Satan does try to bring fear, doesn't he? The scriptures teach us that when fear comes, perfect love casts out fear. One of God's extension of love from him directly is that we have community. What is community? It's groups of people that have common unity in Jesus Christ. In other words, disciples. 
We're going to Matthew 28, 19. We've referenced this uh, a trillion times if you're at City Life for quite some time. So you know this passage. Matthew 28, 19. This is Jesus' last instructions pretty much before he's going to ascend. He's given his uh, core followers some instructions. It says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. And what does he tell us to do next? He says, teach them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, here's a promise. When they were singing the promises, remember this. I am with you always to the end of age. But there's a really kind of interesting thing that's taking place with God that's personal. And he's with us, Emmanuel right here, right now. But yet he says, when you're going to go make disciples, there's going to be this word called teaching involved. There's going to be commandments involved, instructions of how to operate. When I think about teaching, it's natural to think about school. What do I think about school, whether that's good or bad, the, the rigid regiment of school and with school right around the corner, getting ready to kick off for most places in the nation, specifically here in our region, uh, almost every place is going to be kicking off virtually. So people will be learning in a new type of way. But one of the questions students have, even today, when we go into schools, if we tutor or we're helping, they ask this question, why should I be here? Why should I be here? Why does it even stinking matter? Why should I go to school? Why, why should I listen to the teacher? And then teachers boss up naturally. And it's like, you listen to me because I said so. If not, and then we start dishing out detentions. We start doing this. And then people are in the dunce corner. And, and then, and then and it's just, a, it's a really tough kind of uh, flow. And then you have each year a new teacher, new setting. And I admire teachers. I think they're heroes. But the infrastructure of our schools are beautiful, but if we instantly put that same model when we hear Jesus' teacher on the teachers we've had or seen, we may find ourselves not understanding the type of teaching model setting that Jesus is meeting. And, And I think what Jesus is meaning is more this. It is more not enter a class, but will you catch the experience and then we can teach each other along the way with full immersion and think of our lives holistically, the whole thing. So what part of God does, or what part of our life does God want to teach and speak into? Every part. Well, what does he have to say? Everything. Is there commandments for how to operate and engage in every area of my life? Yeah. Do I have to go to school or the synagogue to know that? No, but yes, it's both and. The King James puts it this way, go ye therefore and teach all nations. So teach and disciples synonymous that a rabbi, Jesus being a teacher, he's going to, if we're gonna be his disciples, okay, look, come on. If we wanna follow Jesus, if we wanna be on his team, if we wanna be in his 10 then we have to let him teach us. But I think we sit in class and we have a fair question. Hey, teacher, why should I follow you? Why should we do it this way? 
Do I have to watch church online at home? Do I have to join a group? No, we don't have to. We get to. It's reshaping and remolding. And the reason we call today Love Your 10, you know, to submit and honor our government that said groups of, uh, to, to continue to slow the curve, groups of 10 meet indoors, practicing social distancing. And, and, and so Jesus had 12 disciples, but today we're saying love your 10 in honor of that. So you may wonder, okay, where did 10 come from? It comes from that idea and thought. Jesus, why should we follow you? He's big enough that he can handle that question. And I think he'll reshape and reformat how we think and view him as a teacher and how we enter his classroom. And we see his classroom as an adventure. It has no boundaries. It's, it's a playground. Um, it's a lab. Yes, it has textbooks. Yes, it's complex, but it's more simple than we could ever believe. It's practicum. It's practiced along the way. No one gets it right. No one gets it perfect. In fact, the people who think that it's perfect is the experts of the law, and those are the very people that Jesus is not recruiting. Have you ever stopped and wondered why does Jesus recruit basically misfits, marginalized individuals that aren't qualified? Yeah, I, I know, I know that was Jesus, but now I need to know, is everybody schooled? I need to know that we understand. And there is a both and even in that phrase. For instance, we know Jesus, we've read our Bible, we represent him to people, but we might have it missed. Uh, we might have it twisted. We might be misrepresenting him in ways because we haven't let the teacher calibrate us. And then we start becoming the teacher just by default. If we're older or if we have more authority or power, and then we find with our students, we're like, just sit there and do as I said. And we don't even recognize it, but because life's experience, we become a bad teacher. And Jesus is like, hmm, that's not what I'm meaning fully. But then there's another side where it's like, hey, I profess to know Jesus, but, but, but I don't even want to, I'm not even going to know anything about him. I'm not going to study. I'm not going to read. I'm not going to flow. I just am going to go with ever, whatever I feel. And what is so different about this is when we're in our 10, the church, the, the body of Christ, the family, the team, when we're, look, this trans, this supersede, this goes past likes and interests. This goes past if you look like me. This goes past if we like the same music. This goes past if we're eating the same cuisine, if we can agree on a candidate. This goes past all of it. And it says, you know what? I can be united here right here on this team because Jesus first, second, third, fourth, fifth, he's my king and he's my king. He's our king. We're in this family and the 10 becomes extension of how he wants to teach us in the classroom. It does not become a replacement of Jesus in our lives. It is not God. Us being disciples or us having uh, co-mingling and disciples is not a replacement for God. And this is why I think a lot of us have already opted out. We are done being on the team. We're done being with people. Our appetite has gotten so empty that we're going to do anything because I want to escape. I want to run away because people have let us down. Jesus knew that. I believe failure is built in the curriculum. Therefore, no one will ever become our God. But how is this beautiful mystery going hand in hand? I mean, Paul said, follow me or imitate me as I imitate Christ. 1 Corinthians 1, 11, 1. Imitate me 
as I also imitate Christ. Well, how do we know when there's a good leader or a bad leader? It's, it's quite an easy, um, easy test. When they're like Jesus, then we can follow and imitate. And when they're not like Jesus, we don't follow and we don't imitate. I was not like Jesus the other day, which is every day at some point. All right, judgment person tripping out. How's the pastor not like Jesus every day? Okay, look, because he knows my thoughts. He knows my, and C.S. Lewis, there's this, this quote, uh, the closer I got to God, the further away I felt. Why? He's so holy and he's so perfect. I am more sanctified now than I've ever been, but the smallest of sin, there's, there's, there's conviction. It's like, God, I'm not worthy to be in your presence. And that's where now we start to say, you've forgiven me? You've forgiven, you've forgiven me? The teaching of heaven is that you've forgiven me still, even though you examine the depths of me? Yes, that's the grace. That's the hallelujah. That's the shout. Well, I relapsed the other day, not relapsed full like, you know, my previous world where, you know, seven years addiction. I relapsed with a little anger outburst with a competitive monster got the best of me. I'm playing badminton against Uncle Noah. Uncle Noah's working me. His 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 uh, wingspan is 74 inches. We found out mine is 65. So at any given time, he's got 11 extra inches that he can get on the court. I'm not making excuses, but I'm just getting worked. We're playing badminton. We're getting worked. I'm like, can't I don't got the angles. I don't got the strategies. And finally, it's game point. And game point, just the humiliating, uh, just in this moment, it's longer in the day because willpower gets shorter at the end of the day. Come on, most of the bad mistakes we make are later at night because we're called to be children of the day, which is why we actually need our brothers and sisters most. We need our 10 at night most because we're children of the day. So here it's coming. It's getting later in the day. I've made a lot of decisions. I'm playing badminton, just want to get away. Competitive uh, coming up, you know, and, and, and I lose on game point. And right there, I see the I thought, you know, like the birdie, but it's also called the shuttlecock. The shuttlecock's falling to the ground and it hits the grass. And I, and I just see it and instantly, you know, I've got the kids around. There's extra people. There's, oh, there's people here. There's actually one of the kids, city kids here. He's watching this. And I just shout. I'm like, ah, and I literally throw the racket. And I know calculated from a head standpoint that the racket cost $15 because, you know, I got paid. I, we bought it and, you know, you're in dad mode. It's, you're leading. And I know if I throw at the house, we own, I don't want to break the house. Well, anyways, I chuck the badminton thing and it drills the side of the house. And, and, it, and, and there's still, it's, the, the, the siding is broken there. I bought a kit this week and I was so one like, oh my goodness, that is so not like Christ, A. Christ does not throw badminton rackets. That I am embarrassed because, and then we're talking about it later. One of the Kid City kids is like, and yeah, and you like yelled, ah, you threw it, you know? And I'm like, I know, I know, I failed, I failed, I'm sorry. And I, you know, I started reflecting and I thought, I thought, you know, this is a great time to live the quote that we share here a lot. Mistakes deserve a quick funeral and slow reflection. Now, that's a funny way to say, hey, Sometimes we can just even minimize no matter how small the error is and think, oh, no, no, no. But I think there's beauty in just becoming more and more like Christ. I don't want to throw badminton rackets. Now, as a kid, I threw more things when I would lose a game. I was a poor, poor sport. I hated losing. And every once in a while, that manifestation comes back. 
but I give myself grace, I receive grace, and I reflect and I think I wanna be better. And I go up to the kid and I'm like, hey, that's not like Jesus. Oh no, it's okay, it's cool. No, 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 for real, I want you to know. Just like when you make mistakes in life, there's gonna be times when, hey, you can, you can follow me in Christ, but you don't follow that, you know? And, and it's so, because people are watching us, so easy to watch and, and being a dad, to watch how your kids will imitate. That's why it's really important that they don't just, they're not just imitating me, but I'm imitating Jesus. And how do I know more of Jesus? I need a squad. It's all the above. A team, the 10, is an extension of how Jesus teaches us in the classroom. It's ways where other people can speak to our blind spots. It's what's happening. In fact, when Jesus chose his 12, Luke 6 says, uh, during those days, he went out to the mountain to pray and he spent all night in prayer to God. When daylight came, he summoned his disciples and he chose 12 of them. Jesus, already being Jesus, already tight with the Father, already being baptized, full of the Spirit. He's affirmed by heaven. People are seeing it. The, the, John the Baptist gives him his church already. He's got a little mini movement, and here he is. He's go, I mean, he's going into the wilderness. He breaks down that whole world, and he and destroys the devil. And here he's now recruiting his team, and he does it out of prayer, knowing these people will not be perfect and let him down, but they're part of, part of the process of the kingdom of heaven at work. There is no way that we can say, I want God, but I don't want people. I want God, I want his teachings, I want his class, but I don't want to be in the classroom anymore. I don't want to be disciple. I don't want to observe his commandments. And I just wonder if the reason we don't want it is because we've heard the wrong why. Oh, you have to go to class. You have to read your Bible. No, 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 no. Do you know how awesome the Bible is? I mean, this is Goonies movie. Uh, this is Marvel Universe timeline. This is DC supernatural. It is the depths of, of, the, of all of creation. It is unlocking. It is a, a spirit. It is a, a geyser that never stops. It's a river that's never ending, a waterfall. It is alive and active. It is so beautiful. And sometimes we've stopped because the pitch of how we heard it or the person we've met just wasn't like Jesus. So let's go back to the source and see Jesus, he told us, make disciples, teach what he commanded us. So the natural question is, what did you command us to do? There's a lot, but simply love God, love people. But there's a lot how that plays out forgive people ouch it's tough i've kind of got a limit on forgiveness sometimes it's like all right enough's enough dude don't test me don't mistake the kindness for weakness you got it missed and it doesn't mean we're just like a doormat we don't get to you know but it does mean more we're like a bridge and some of the language god's helped me with with that is when i remember who i am a son in him I can therefore serve and be served. But when I'm looking for people to serve me, where I think I have to earn God's love to serve, 
Now I'm looking at the 10, I'm looking at the group and I'm saying, dude, why aren't you repping like God? Or why aren't you showing me God? Or why aren't you being God to me? But the truth is sometimes each person's only got a piece of the, the healing of heaven and it's the body of Christ. It's an extension of the classroom. It's an extension of God's beautiful love for each one of us. And so it's more about the process, the progress it's more about the catching, immersion. To be discipled is everything. Hey, Jesus, we're going to eat together. We're going to learn together. We're going to ask questions. I'm going to make mistakes, and you're going to come back there, and we're going to lift people up. And we get the beautiful privilege to be the hands and feet of heaven. Now, I've had, God uses the, the unfavorable moments when I look back to school, and he uses the favorable moments. The favorable moments are easy to see where, well, of course God used that because I liked it. But he also used the unfavorable moments when my penmanship was bad in sixth grade. I won't say the teacher's name, but had me write a four-page report on amoebas uh, in very, very good penmanship. But little did that teacher know, now I could say, hey, I told you so because we don't even need penmanship. In fact, doctors, who can read their stuff? Come on. In fact, now there's this thing called uh, spell check. Yeah, there's now emojis. We're going to get to a place where we're just talking. We're texting with our, which are our thoughts. It, it, it's out there. But if I just tell the story that way, I miss the beauty of what the teacher did in my life there. It was like, hey, here's the game plan. Here's the model. Why don't you submit, be a little humble, develop your penmanship, because there will be times when you want to write something very clearly and somebody else needs to read it. And that's been true. I can leave my journal around, and it's pretty much hieroglyphics. Good luck cracking the code, you know? But that's beautiful because in it is the dreams that God's put in our hearts and all this. But, but if I need to make it the vision plain that others can run, and if I left you a note to follow me as I follow Christ, that sixth grade teacher now has been used as an extension of heaven that the clearer I write it, the better somebody could understand it and, and go forward. God used that teaching moment. And then God also used the teacher that I would say was most easiest to understand when I said, why do I have to be in school? And the teacher looked at me and goes, oh, you don't have to. I said, I don't? That's awesome. What about this test today? You don't have to do that. What do you mean? Yeah, you can just turn it in, get an E, and you can leave. And I was like, Wow, that was freeing. Like, you don't have to be here. Now, in my sin in that moment, I did what I'm not proud of and what I pray that my kids never do and you never do if you're watching this, you're in school. I handed in the test and I dipped and I took an E that day, but that is not like Christ. And finally, once my affections changed, once I started seeing teaching in classroom changing, once I started seeing authority differently, once I started getting a hunger for God's word, I wanted to learn more from anybody who knew something. And I got to keep that hungry spirit alive as if when I just got saved. Otherwise, now I'll just say, yeah, I know more than them. Or they, and I'll, I'll start to pick and choose how God's teaching me and leading me. God's teaching me through all types of people, all the time. Everyone is a teacher and everyone's a student. And then in the name of Jesus Christ, what is so beautiful is we have an authority that supersedes me and you. How do we make sure that we're never a cult? 
we're an end all and there's some dead end or we're found. There is this thing called checks and balances to make sure sound doctrine. I've had people ask me questions. Well, hey, what'd you mean here? That's beautiful. There's going to be times when I'm like, hey, you need to do your homework. I'm, I'm not. When you're communicating this many words, there is no way all of my words are infallible. But God's word is. And we have that examination. We have that examination and we have that freedom to say we don't have to. We get to. We get to. And why is this really important? Not only is it important for our own spiritual development, but friend, now more than ever, the world's watching. What makes us different? What what makes us different? The world's watching. And what makes us different is not how good we are, not how great our behavior can be. That's not what makes us different. Okay, cool. You're a great rule follower. In fact, I think there's probably other people from other religions that could dominate us in works or dominate us in caring for the environment and uh, prayer and all these different disciplines. But yet what makes a body of Christ that's healthy, uh, a 10 that's healthy is not one that is perfect, but one that is saying, man, I am not perfect. I am not the end all. I'm trying to be more like Christ. And this isn't like Christ, that badminton racket uh, on the, that's not like Christ. And these moments, they're not like Christ. And we start to let people in and we let people in. And as we let people in, we experience more of God's healing. And this is tough because man, God, why'd you have to do it this way? Can't it just be me and you? And the answer is it is me and you always. But hey, by the way, I also gave an extension of people and community is going to be important. There's no way you can ever, if you fully want to fulfill all that I have for you, you're going to have to bloom where you're planted. You're going to have to love when it hurts. You're going to have to go past being, uh, 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 holding on to a grudge. You're going to have to give when you feel like no one else is giving. You're going to have to serve when you feel like you're not being served and it's going to have to flow from identity. You're going to have to pray when no one else is praying for you. And there's going to be those moments and you're going to have to be open and vulnerable. And that is very challenging. But the cool part is what happens throughout all of that? What happens? We become more like Jesus, friends. That's the whole point of being a disciple. Just to become more like of Je- just like Jesus. And when we're more like Jesus, we're more free. You know? And I was just, uh, we were in Detroit the last couple days and recording some video stuff. And I was thinking about a line of one of the projects we're working on is going to release and it says, we're all looking for freedom and freedom is found in one name, Jesus. And freedom's instant. That mistakes, quick funeral, instant. But the reflection, the process, the development to become more like Jesus is a long, long thing. And for some of us, it's okay. Like it's going to be longer because our trauma was more. Our pain was more. And and there's going to be times when people judge us because they don't get us. They didn't come from the same back, but we didn't unite on what we had in common. There, there is the beauty of that, you know, meeting people that are just like you or like the same things in Christ. We have Christian rappers or Christian skaters or metal or people that have dealt with addiction. And it's good to be around people of life stage, you know, moms, uh, single moms and, 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 and uh, brotherhood and going out and going fishing in the name of Jesus. Those things are important. But if we start to then think that that's actually the full body of Christ, we miss the beauty of the body of Christ. The body crisis, all ages, 
all races, all faces, culture, different backgrounds. It's a global thing and it's a local thing and that's beauty. Why? Because the world's watching. John 13, here we go. Come on, re-up. We're about to close, about to end. Uh, I, I wish I had more time. We could talk about this. But, but I want to encourage us that, that, that the best sermons are not now. The best sermons are not now. The best sermons are not through this camera. The best sermons were never on Sunday at City Life. The best sermons were never, you know why we miss so much of the physical touch? That's oxytocin. When we touch each other, there's, God created a chemical in us that we're meant to, to do life. We're meant to be together. We're meant to, to experience one another. We're meant that. We're meant to find uh, the end of ourselves and the end of each other and to look to Christ and to do that together and pick each other up. And, and we all have a picture of what we want that to look like. But first, let me think of this one for a second. The world's watching us. What's the picture Jesus told us? John 13, 34, 35. I give you a new command, love one another. Just as I have loved you. What a hard teaching. You are also to love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. How will they know we're disciples of Jesus? The way we love each other. How are we going to love each other if we're not committed to each other? And commitment is with time. And through time, trust is developed. And it's lost and it's given, it's taken. And we're going to let each other for sure. But we remember that Christ loved us first. And some of the wars we're experiencing it could just be us becoming more like Jesus. We're getting more known. And friend, I know the temptation to leave and run. And there's times when we absolutely have that freedom. Just, you know, be, go, just God, you alone. And there's grace. You can just sit in the room and you never got to join the tent. Don't feel any pressure today. But also hear this. There's an invitation of heaven to still say, God wants to call us into a group of people to be known, to look at the scriptures, to be taught, and to learn and to grow. And my prayer is, as we close, that through the power of the Holy Spirit, we would get more hungry. Is it possible in this season, specifically America, and right now, even city life, let's make it granular, let's make it our family. Is it possible that God's stripping us of all of our security so that he can get more into our hearts. That we realize he's all we ever needed and the people we're with, that's all we ever wanted. And there's a disclaimer. Do not join a group if you're just looking to be healed. That's called crisis. It's called triage. And there's only specialists and doctors for those kind of moments, and that's okay. Some of us, we need some special specialists to come in, counseling things. Oh, look, counseling's helped me. There's specialist moments where I can only pick up the phone and call my pastor. What do I do? I had a friend or a loved one. There's moments when maybe other people can't really help in that moment. How do I understand this tough text? But that doesn't just stop the simple, beautiful, beautiful, common simplicity. And just the common folk of each one of us, the common person, just coming to the table and being like, yo, I don't know. I'm just here to 
talk about what Pastor Jerome was saying. I don't know. Let's find out if it's about Jesus. You know, and we just sit around and we, we share an hour and we're intentional, but we can't come with false expectations thinking that somehow one hour of group per week is going to change everything. We have to adjust our whole lives and God's patient. That's what's so beautiful. He's patient with us. We adjust our whole lives though that now he's the center of it. I pick a job. I think about everything I do in light of who he is because he's my teacher. The class is actually awesome and the class ain't an hour of power. The class is everything, everywhere, all the time, playground. Let's go. David Platt, he uh, was teaching in um, China, or somewhere in Asia, let's just say. And he talks about, these, they've never heard the scriptures. And he starts teaching, and he's teaching, and these new Christians, and they're, and they're just asking him, go another hour, go another hour, go another hour. Now, okay, for the churches that go about 45 hours long, that, that's not an excuse to be like, we should be like those Christians in Asia that wanted to go long, long, like, Sometimes it doesn't warrant another hour. Like, it's just not that, like, why are we still going? This should be done. You might be thinking that about the sermon right now. Why is this still going? This should be done. Well, it's not. I got more time. <laughs> my, my clock went off, but I'm going past. Because we create this thing called margin to give the preacher that, you know, give him more time to shine for Jesus Christ. It's not about me. Come on, flip it. Don't be so mad. Let's be glad. Let's be happy. So here we are. And they're learning the scriptures and they're in Asia and they're there and they're learning. And they say, go another hour, teach us more. And then finally they stay up. Will you come back tomorrow? Because they've never been taught the scriptures. They were so hungry. I wonder if the, one of the biggest forms of deception, biggest forms of deception is having too many options and having the word of God so readily available that now it's kind of just diluted. Well, I can get my quick little verse in and I'm all for it, bite-sized things. There's no pressure. But my goodness, I pray in this moment, there's a new excitement for just who God is that he's stripping away all of the other nonsense. And here's the key. The teacher presents itself when the student's ready to learn. Most of my life, I thought there was issues with the teacher, but it was always me. I didn't have the posture of a student yet. And still to this day, I have to take that on every single day. Because God will humble me period. And he'll use uh, my cracked siding to, to remind me of grace. And it's beautiful. I bought the patch kit, but I might leave it there just to remind me. Just to remind me. Hey, you ain't perfect. And you never were supposed to be. Because you'll never be good enough. But God is. And he did it. The message of Jesus is simple. One that says, I'm not good enough, but he's good and he's perfect. And he died on the cross for me. He lived a sinless life and he died a sinner's death. And he took the punishment, the payment that was due for us being guilty, God being good, nothing that's wicked and evil can be in his sight. Just as if somebody commits a crime, they would get a punishment. 
But God doesn't long to see us punished. He longs to see us home. So he sent the only way, the avenue, the journey, the road, right there, the narrow path. The teacher that's not only a teacher, but the Lord, the Savior, as a lamb that would go to die, but he's the real lion of Judah and he's gonna come back one day and rule and reign forever. That will be beautiful. But in that moment, he laid down his life. Why? So that me and you could have access and be forgiven. And it's really simple. I just gotta believe that I can't do it. The 10 won't solve it, but that I can just say, God, take my life, make me brand new. I know I don't deserve it, all the mistakes I've made. It's a quick funeral right now. I'm just gonna put you over that tombstone. I'm gonna put your, your, your victory that you rose from the dead and I believe you're the only way you said it and I don't have to earn it. And then instantly now I'm in and I can be on the team and I can go in the family and then I can join and I can be a part of the 10. As cool as that. And discipleship is just normative. So we are saved instantly and then we're sanctified throughout our whole lifetime. Join the club. Hurts so good. There's going to be times when we feel good. There's going to be times when we have low. Uh, it is some, sometimes you'll feel, are you even, you take one step forward, four back. Yeah. Jeez, oh, Pete's. You, you relapse and you throw a badminton rack. I was like, who does that? I was telling Crystal later. She's like, don't beat yourself up. I was like, no, but literally who does that? Who's a 40-year-old pastor and who does that? But at the same time, you know, I wasn't beating myself. I was like, that's pretty cool though. Like I'm a spaz. And, uh, and I was like, that's just who I am. You know, God loves that about me. And I was like, how do I channel that? And I played the next day. I lost again. I was better sport. I, I had to take a lap before I shook Uncle Noah's hand, but I shook his hand. I lost again and I closed the gap. But I don't know if he just felt bad for me. Like my friends, I think as a kid, they would just let me win because they didn't have to, you know, they wanted to talk afterwards. So, um, but hear the invitation into the classroom. One part of how God can use it, but a group, that's what God can do here at City Life. These groups is because we're better together. And you'll see these different groups on the screen right now. All of these groups are here inviting you on different days that we can change our life with a new rhythm and a new pace. Saying, hey, I don't want to do life alone. I know I can't, I just can't do it. We're better together and we come and it's hard. Sometimes the heaviest lift is just to get in the room or get on a Zoom call for, it's just, but something happens. We feel better afterwards, don't we? You know, like I'm glad I did that. But if we come thinking that hour is going to solve everything, no, it's going to be a part of God's healing because we get to learn all that he's teaching us. Um, yeah, I wanted to teach one of the, I, I just preached a little long, but I wanted to teach one of Jesus' teachings. Um, and I might record it, uh, maybe send it out to the link of uh, people that are on the email list. So if you want to sign up to the dream team, get in the communication, get in the flow here, you're, you say, hey, I want to be a part of City Life. I, I like this place. I like these people. Um, and I think now would be the time that you really say yes. Well, I want to say yes when the truck's out. I want to say yes when I see all those highlights everybody's doing. I want to say yes when you guys are doing concerts. Look, it is less show and more grow. Fruit comes after the growing. The seed, the soil, the tending, the tough, difficulty. Yeah, that's the beauty of it. Come on, we've been lying. The mirage is the fruit. It's a mirage. It just shows up in the store. Look at this nice fruit. God's calling a remnant of people that are into the 10 that love it. Isn't it fascinating that God took crowds 
but yet he wanted to do it through the small, people would show up at Jesus' events. He's preaching, teaching, but yet he wanted to do it through the small. Through a band of misfits, 12 people. That's pretty cool, God. And those people believed in it so much, they then gave their lives willingly. To me, that's the strongest proof ever that Jesus is the teacher he said he was. So join a group, feel the invitation, join a home, join City Life. You can do that. We look forward to seeing you next week. We'll be here same time, 10, 11, 30, the rhythm of heaven, all races, all ages, and all faces, you belong here. We're gonna keep loving this city one life at a time. And we won't stop because he first loved us until he makes all things new. Have the best Sunday of your lives, y'all. We love you. Amen. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.